This podcast contains conversations about trauma and other challenging subjects and may be sensitive for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. If you need resources to get help, please see the show notes. Hello and welcome to Drawn to a Deeper Story. I'm Kath Brew from drawntoastory.com. I'm an artist who illustrates and educates about marginalised experiences for positive change with a particular interest in identity, belonging and expat life. This podcast is about the lives that challenge us and the difficult conversations around them. And it's a place to listen openly, to absorb people's truths and to learn how to show up differently for the benefit of everyone. And that's you included. Now, the events of this week have stopped many of us in our tracks. Roe versus Wade was overturned by the US Supreme Court. The devastating impact is it's very real for millions of women and trans men. And I could not continue with a regular episode this week. It felt too important. And I wanted to be able to, to take time to acknowledge what's just happened and to reflect a bit on it. And so we know now that millions of women and trans men in the USA will now be forced to carry a child to term, a child that they didn't want. And we know, as always, that the impact is going to be most felt by those without the privilege of being able to travel to other states for abortions. And we know that this means Careers are put on hold. Jobs are paused while pregnant, which creates subsequent loss of incomes, potentially for people who already have sparse finances and who are already stretched, having to be stretched that little bit further every week. How many mothers will go without food to feed this child? How many know that they can't actually cope emotionally with bringing up a child? And how many are already stressed about becoming pregnant? Perhaps through marital rape. Perhaps they know they're pregnant and they don't know how to start to talk about it because that option is just too scary. Maybe it's marital rape. Maybe it's a broken condom. A drunken rape three weeks ago from that guy that your friends thought was nice and encouraged you to go and spend time with him. We know that the maternal uh, release of cortisol into the womb during pregnancy increases it's like two to four times during a normal pregnancy and for those of you who don't know cortisol is a stress hormone and it has a positive influence on the neurodevelopment of a child however if the mother is stressed and or anxious the cortisol release is greater and can actually alter the development of the baby's brain now the imperial college london has shown in their research, that this can actually result in a greater risk of emotional problems such as anxiety or depression, behavioural problems such as ADHD, which is attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, and also being considerably slower at learning. These are the risks that, that a child will potentially be exposed to if the mother is stressed. So if you then add Roe versus Wade and the overturning of that, just this week, you start to understand about some of the long-term implications. And so we know that it's not just about stopping abortions in the future. It's also about 
all the women and trans men who were booked in ready to have an abortion this week, next week, yesterday, and whose stress levels have already likely shot up. The longevity of this, the impact from this decision is actually going to be seen for generations. Now, I'm not even an American. I'm not an American citizen and I'm outraged. My right to abortion in the UK is safe for now. And I say for now because who actually knows about what the future is anymore? The world seems to be a very strange place to me. And currently in the UK, abortions can only be carried out under the care of a NHS hospital, the National Health Service Hospital, or a licensed clinic. And they're usually available free of charge on the NHS. And, and this is a good situation. However, this also got me thinking when we think about social justice and fighting for our rights, whatever they be, whatever we're fighting for, when we get that point where we think we're done and it's all good and we've won the social justice, we've won the thing that we that we were looking for, like equal marriage, shall we say, marriage for the LGBTQ plus community. And I think a lot of people think that we only need to fight to gain something. But if nothing else, Roe and Wade has shown us that we can never rest on our laurels. We need to keep fighting, even when we have our rights and we think that they're there to stay. And it struck me that this, what has happened, is actually very much about an absence of something. But that's also not new. Like, in reality, in a country like America with no national health care, millions and millions of women have already and always had no access to abortions because they can't afford them. Now, people always have ways of working out how to deal with unwanted pregnancies, where family members come in to help look after children. Children live in different households. They look at ways to bring in extra money. There's all kinds of things. But that also implies that there are options and that there are ways that someone can actually deal with an unwanted pregnancy. For a lot of people, that's not a choice. And the fundamental difference about this, this time, is that it's the country legislating women's bodies. Now, this is outrageous to me. And as the Facebook post I saw today says, pregnancy begins with a penis. Legislate that. And we hear cisgender men talking about pregnancy and say, well, it takes two to tango, doesn't it? Like, well, indeed it does. So... Can you can you tell me when when you're booking in your vasectomy, please? Oh, oh, you you're not. Oh, 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 sorry. I I thought it took two to tango. Forgive me. I I was thinking I could actually take you at your word. This is not a rant. It really isn't. But it's a reminder that we need to keep fighting because if we're not careful, we'll blink and all kinds of other things will be gone. Last season of the podcast. I spoke to Sarah Black in episode four about how society values motherhood over womanhood. And in episode five, I spoke to Sue, who ended up on a murder charge for 10 weeks because she killed her violent husband in self-defense as he attacked her. We heard Mandy Priest talk in episode seven about her awful experiences of menopause and talked about how so many women struggled to be believed 
that they're actually suffering. They're not believed. And in this season, we started off with Chrissy Ward talking about the history of patriarchy and its impact of, on women still today. Like mad things like women not being given numbing for when catheters are removed in hospital, but men are. And only just last week, episode 17, I spoke to Stephanie about her experiences of parenting a child through trauma. And we discussed the importance of consent and physical boundaries. We talked about this a lot. I'm so, so sick of this shit. And I'm sure you are too. If you're one of my listeners, you know the kind of stuff that we talk about. And I want to say, when is this stuff going to stop? I think today is about just, for me, it's about reminding us that we're never actually safe and secure in our justice, in our rights, in our qualities. And so I plead with you to protest. I plead with you to write letters to your MPs. I plead with you to insist that your schools have proper education around sexual relationships, around consent and around physical boundaries. I plead with you to call out misogyny. I plead with you to call out the expression of rape culture when we see it on social media. I plead with you to teach your boys about consent and physical boundaries too. And I plead with you to educate yourself about the real impact of overturning Roe versus Wade on women of colour, on trans men and of people without privilege. I plead with you to be an activist. And this is actually my call to action. Over the weekend, I drew a political cartoon about Roe and Wade. It's now a t-shirt. And if you're listening to this today and you buy the t-shirt before Sunday the 3rd of June, I'm giving you 30% off the cost of a shirt. At checkout, just type in the code podcast freebie. All one word, podcast freebie. Now, if you do that, you'll get 30% off one of these brand new shirts. It's an activist shirt. It's a shirt that we need to wear to show that we're not silent. It's a shirt that we need to be visible in. I've put a link in the show notes for you so you can see it. People are already buying them, so go and check it out. If you're the kind of person that is as outraged as I am, but you just don't know what to do or how to express it, this image is a really good way of saying what you're feeling. A lot of women have said to me they've just got no words, but the image has really helped to express what they're feeling, their anger and their frustrations. And so I wanted to look at, go back a bit, and just over a year ago, at the height of the Me Too movement, uh, a woman said to me that she had never felt unsafe around men, nor experienced abuse of any kind. And I thought, yeah, me too. And, and I felt lucky. And then I realised the irony of my my type of Me Too, but that irony wasn't actually lost on me. Because then I remembered I remembered the man who pulled his penis out of his shorts as he walked past me and my friends in the city of Sydney when I was a teenager. I remembered the man who masturbated on the sand dunes at Palm Beach whilst he watched me walk down the bush track. I remembered the manager I had in Sydney who stood very close to my face and threatened me, telling me to lie in court. I remembered the man who would not leave me alone in Lisbon, resulting in me shouting at him in public to draw attention to the situation. I remember the 13 to 15 men who came to proposition me whilst I waited to meet my cousin. I remember the boys at school who continually harassed me in woodwork. I remember the boy who bullied me mercilessly through high school. 
I remember the man who leered at me in a cafe by the beach. I remember the man who followed me round the shopping centre when I was 10 and only left when I shouted out to my mum. I remember the maths teacher who ignored me in preference for talking to the boys. I remember the father of a visiting soccer team who yelled from the sidelines as I ran for the ball. Go on, Johnny, it's only a girl. And I remember the waiters in the restaurant here locally who, when clearing the plates, accidentally brushed my breasts repeatedly as they took the plates away. I remember the boy at school who pulled out his penis to show me when we were sitting at our desks working. I remember the times I've walked back to my car at night and looked at the back seat before I got in just to make sure that no one was waiting for me. I remember the numerous times I've walked to my car after dark with my keys in my fingers. I remember the frequent times I've worn my hair in a bun rather than a ponytail so no one could grab me from behind as I went for a run. I remember the male person in my extended family who only ever spoke to me at family events when it came to goodbye. I remember the man at work who, when talking to me, could only ever look at my breasts, not my eyes. I remember all the times I haven't left my drink alone in a bar so it doesn't get spiked. I remember all the times I've used shop windows to see if I'm being followed by the footsteps behind me. I remember every single time as a young woman that I chose to be the designated driver on a night out so I knew I could get home safely and not be taken advantage of. And here I am thinking I'm lucky. How is that? Because as women, all these experiences feel normal, and I'm using air quotes, normal being this some sort of acceptance that these things are okay. Time passes, and at the height of the Me Too movement, it was hard to think that a year on we'd be barely hearing about it anymore. Things quiet down and we think it's safe to not voice our protests. Sexism, harassment, assault and criminalising abortion are not okay. It is not okay that I've learned to modify my behaviour so much to stay safe. So I say me too in the truest sense of the phrase. It's not okay that women are constantly careful to make sure that they don't get raped and then if they are, the legal system now prevents being able to access abortions. So in effect, whether you have been raped or whether it is consensual sex and maybe a condom breaks, every single time a woman has penetrative sex, now in those states, they are at risk of needing to break the law. I can't get my head around that. None of this is okay. And if you're not outraged, then you're not listening. Don't let the overturning of Roe versus Wade ever feel normal. Keep fighting. And if you win the social justice you're fighting for, keep fighting to make sure you keep it. Don't ever allow this stuff to feel normal.